Oh, look at that headshot. Look at that. Wow. Look out. Woo. Fire. We're ready. Ooh, baby. Oh, look at this. He's got headphones, mics. Look at this. Yep. I got the cans on. Yeah. Yeah, headphones, you do. No sleeves. Just perfectly done. Tank top in it. I like it. Yep. Welcome back, everybody. The most awesome and brand and a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 234 your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana. With me, as always, on our way to romance that stone. Most awesome. Ooh, that's right. Ow. I'm your I, wait, Kathleen Turner. Who's <laughs> Kathleen Turner in this? Um, hi, you told me about the movie, so I guess I'll be Kathleen Turner. That's right. Need a little that's bit right, more information you will. on. Okay, you're Michael Douglas, Kirk Douglas. Which Douglas are you doing with? Michael, please. Michael Douglas. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, be for that. How you doing, bro? What's going on? Uh, I'm I'm great, brother. Just uh, hanging out, getting ready for yeah. some potting this weekend. Had a little taste of some preseason football in the Hall of Fame game. That was nice. Yes, it was nice compared to no football. Exactly right. Yes, yeah, right. The absence of football. So. Right. Exactly. We're there. It's all preseason. Yeah, what was it? Wasn't the first play like a like a face mask or roughing the passer or something? Roughing the passer, like, yeah. Trayvon right, Walker, right on schedule. Just getting us right out there. What we're used to It's just like, yeah, let's slow this down. This the only thing that it could have been more perfect had it actually drawn like a uh, a challenge flag, and then we just spent the first fifteen minutes <laughs> examining yeah. from seven different angles. Yeah, wasn't this also after a weather delay? I think yeah, I think they did have a weather delay. I think there was a little lightning, a little thunder in Canton. Did they actually give them challenge flags in the? hall of fame game like they just have to be like no no no, no, no. Wait, put that in your pocket yeah, put that in your pocket where's my red flag it's just like it's not going to be here don't right exactly you don't you don't need to practice that you'll know it yeah. when you know it we're already challenging the viewership with rolling out these third string quarterbacks like we're going to take what we can get speaking of taking what we can get <laughs> take what you can get on this episode <laughs> 230 we got a jam-packed pod guys we're gonna rip from the headlines we're doing fantasy football kickoff we're gonna go inside that fantasy booth you know, that segment that's supposed to be about 10 to 12 each season only lasts about two. We're right back there. It's that time. Uh, we're going to jump into the inbox with a couple emails there. Going to do a little, does Brandana have it on Dan Campbell quotes? We're going to do Cam Mabio. So I'm going to roll some people out there. I'm uh, going to do a little NFL thing. Roll some sports athletes out there and figure out just Ooh. how much you need to pay these guys to wish you a happy birthday. Going to do a Neapolitan showdown. We are doing top foxhole movies. Uh, we're going to do... Brandon Gambling Corner, AFC West over-unders for the fifth straight year. We have Joe Booth's going to be on this entire pot, but Joe Booth, get his fifth year doing it, got it back on to handle those Chiefs and co. over there in what could be the toughest division that we've seen in quite a while. Then Mab League Season 3. That's right. We do this drafting things for PlayStation. I uh, got some new rules this year. Joe that's been in it for the last two seasons. We're going to pitch him on the changes and then let you guys know where you can email us if you want to get involved and also check it out on our Twitch. Then we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, rip from the headline. Fantasy football kickoff. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Because we had 
preseason football. We're we're here. We're we're everyone's looking at their draft boards, and uh, what better time to bring in Joe Booth? Welcome to the show, Joe. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing? Absolutely. And hi. How are you? Hi. That's my best, John Mulaney. (laughs) Perfect. We like it. We'll take it. Hello, most awesome. How are you? Now it's Captain Best. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're Captain Hepburn. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. But yeah. So yeah. It's time. Let's talk some fantasy football. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, let's let's that get a time of year when you, you you bring your app back from the dead, mm-hmm. resurrect the the fantasy football app. Now, how many that, how many fantasy football apps do you do you work with? Uh, I have one. You have one. I have. I mean, technically, I will eventually have two, but uh, still, I haven't downloaded one of our other leagues' apps. But uh, primarily, it's just been ESPN. That's you don't the, have the fantasy yet. Yeah, I, I didn't download the my fantasy league yet. I used to love doing the magazines. Like, are you guys out on the magazines? Joe, do you do the magazines anymore? Because now, like, you're right. Like, I think it used to be, like, way back in the day, like, it was, what, like, you had to get that print-off sheet from the newspaper, whatever, figure that out. And then it moved to the magazines. And now the magazines kind of seem like, it's not up-to-date quick enough that you have, like, the internet on there. Now it does seem like that official thing is no longer, you know, that Sports Illustrated Fantasy Mag on the rack, but it's just like, all right, I got to fire up this app and put it back on the home screen. I was never... I was I used magazines out of like genuine need because I didn't know who anybody was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually turned me on to the to the fantasy football magazine, and I, I'm thinking about it now. It's actually kind of like it's like the cassette culture for sports. Like people who like want to record on cassettes and like really actually like the like the tactile artifact of like yeah. oh I, I make a mix and I have to like time it and choose the order. I don't just send somebody a playlist like that's what the fantasy magazine is for me. It's it's like, oh, I'm like tapping into my my 90s childhood. Yeah, you get to kind of like flip through or go to the back, like you ever highlighted things like all that, all that ritual is there. What's your ritual now? How has it changed over the past few years? Most awesome. Uh, it was definitely. Yeah, definitely magazines. Although I think your your point is right. It's like especially with like all the preseason camp injuries. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, the the, the magazines become almost outdated the second that like Tim Patrick going down, like, well, that's going to change everyone's board in real time. And I want to see what the adjustments are and like going online, everyone's constantly like reevaluating that list. So, you know, that is, that's a tougher sell. Although I will say I was just at the the grocery store today, getting some stuff for, for the week and uh, the cassette culture and the grocery store aisle is alive and well, there was like, eight different magazines I, I was surprised at how many magazines there were because there were literally d- different like athlon lindy's like espn they're still they're still you know selling to those 90 kids yeah so here's how i'm picking my magazine because i remember you used to do this you're right there's like 10 or 12 there uh you want to check i think most uh most awesome to your point also on your college football magazines like i'm checking the date right i'm checking yep. that print date on when it comes out like what's it supposed to cover like it's here and then like you know like make me an uneducated person but give me those colored pages i like i want color glossy pages with pictures <laughs> like yeah, yeah. these these black and white breakdowns of all the players it's like no this isn't fun it's like read a phone book like just give me something right, right. for like and then there's like game. the 99 cent one that's printed on like paper towel <laughs> yeah it's just yeah, like exactly. it's, it's just, just like, like it, it's just like, like photocopied from the color magazine <laughs> yeah so those are completely and also like maybe a little interest in those articles now but it's it's kind of um going now to the list we have now with all the rankings and it being online are you guys kind of bummed like this part of the strategy of fantasy football make you wish that it was like 
you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago when like a little more it, mystery in the, in the people. It was, yeah. When yeah. people like, and now it just seems like it's so set. Like people don't veer off the course. Like you just kind of have those rankings. They're baked into like anything that you're using. I mean, it kind of like levels the playing field. Cause you always had that one guy that would just like take a fucking kicker in the third round. And you're just like, well, thanks for the hundred dollar like donation. <laughs> like that kind of, But it was like a little bit more interesting to just see people's actual rankings. And now it just seems like a pretty by the book. Yeah. It gets pretty homogenized. Right. I mean, everyone you're like, Oh, okay, well, you're, you're in the fantasy pros camp or you're in Matthew Barry's camp. Like I can see based on your rankings, how you value players, not of your own like decision-making process, but because of, you know, what, what other people are telling you. Oh, I you don't, you don't study tape. No, you don't I don't go back to the tape. <laughs> no, that's the thing is, is that the, the mystique of like in-person drafting, right? Is that what it is, is where, you can't like could you make a rule like no one going on like you know any fantasy pros like come in prepared with your own like like, do like your your own paper document like truly offline yeah 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 yeah, don't log anything that would be cool that'd be a lot of fun i say i think the one one go ahead joe i was just the one problem with that is that if you made like an honor system rule it's like no one's doing any research we're just we're flying blind like you're just you're you're opening up uh the newspaper and you know picking a team and picking a player is that so much of fantasy sports is about wasting time that could be better spent on other things in your life. And if you take out the research, that's like four months of productivity you're not killing. (laughs) Right, right. What have I been doing since March? Yeah, you know what gets me back into it? It's just like when you start putting together like your first trade package and you look over the clock and you've been building the trade for like 65 minutes, you're like, oh, fuck, okay, I'm back into this. Like, I actually have to time myself on how long I fuck around with these trades. They're going to absolutely get denied. <laughs> right, right. I'm just going to fire off into the fucking great beyond, yeah, never hear like, anything from anyone, but I carefully like crafted this up. trade. Yeah. Is like, there anything there, like, that we... Don't ever interrupt me again, Joe. <laughs> fucking learn the rules how many times have you been on this podcast disconnect them you're right you know what you're right from now on no, three no. seconds of silence before i'm ready to speak so you ask me a question i'll make sure you're done now is there anything that we overvalue more or more consistently than like the fourth guy on your fantasy bench that you just drafted and it's like you can't there, there's like a cooling off period after a draft where it's like it's impossible to trade any with any person in your in your league. They right. won't do it. They're like, no, nah, man, no, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I think Chris Carson's going to unretire. Right, yeah, right, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's something like you know the three to one kind of went away. You know, I, I think like you know five, six years ago you could still get away with that, but now just the idea doesn't make sense just to have that blue chip. Like no one's trading away a blue chip to get like. No one's trading their dollar to get like you know for like four quarters like they want like they want the whole thing built into one like that's mm-hmm. definitely gone and it's just you're right like you can't ever meet the value on someone's in there especially with the flex like it almost the trade has to come from like a legit need and uh, there's just there's just too much fear and it's it's funny because you look at like one of, one of the biggest time sucks in fantasy football I mean, is there anything bigger than constructing a trade offer based on how many times like a trade actually happens like that's why that one we had on the league that we want to speak of like three years ago or whatever, but it was just like, was it three people involved? 
was it four? It's like three people involved with like three different running backs, and they all like moved. It was it was like the cra- like it was just to take part in that trade. <laughs> like, like it had nothing to do with like the keeper or anything. It's just like I just want to be a part of this historic event. I don't think anyone in the country has pulled something off like this. We need to have like side missions like Risk, where if you <laughs> if you facilitate a trade with every team in the league, you automatically win. That's right. So right. right. <laughs> like your so secret great. mission is to get Patrick Mahomes from a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Like oh my God. whatever, whatever the cost, you have to get Mahomes onto your team. That's like, really funny. That that's the next level of like gameplay of fantasy football. It's like all right, we're 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 bored with the strict like, you know, you know five eight players that we're playing against. Like let's add in these like these missions here. If you choose to accept, you can you do this will get you a first round buy no matter what. Like I'm into this. This you is have, so like, great. You need every active player who caught a pass from Ben Roethlisberger on your team. <laughs> yeah, like you have to – a psychological warfare card is just like you have to get someone to start two running backs on the same team. Like just like talk them into it. It's just like this makes sense. Like let's see it. And right. It's like it. badges, right? You earn your, your merit badge, right? Yeah. yeah. Like getting like somebody to threaten to quit the league. Just like it's an automatic win. And then they like, great, fantastic. Uh, well, what do you want to talk about, bro? Fantasy booth, what do you got? Uh, I want to talk yeah, about we, we learned this. What was this last year when I was just like, we should talk about this, and you just you do your own thing, go rogue. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. So give me a topic. Give me a topic. <laughs> Perfect. Um, let's talk about where tier three really starts in the running back pool. All right, great. So consistency in terms of your top overall picks. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was crunching some numbers. I was getting getting my Excel spreadsheet active getting it all hot and piping it was very exciting nice. uh, and i was looking at the top performers in terms of points because this started to frustrate me whenever you are talking about oh who are the the top players from last year and you look at a guy like mark andrews who scores like 70 points more than you know travis kelsey who scores like 30 points more than the number three tight end and then there's this huge drop and so they talk about okay well where do those points come from um are they consistently hitting this high mark do you have a guy like cooper cup who has a 50 point game and there were a couple of players last year who had 50 point games and then you start saying all right well how is cooper cup so much further ahead than everybody and so then i started looking at at the average point per game and seeing how many times uh players actually hit their average how many times does a player actually go above their average and the thinking here is that the fewer times that they go above their average the more that they're uh, weighted for those great games. But that doesn't mean that you're going to win consistently. Yeah, so, so you're trying to cheapen those outlier games, right? Like those huge things that kind of pull up this overall average that might lend to a player being more valuable. You know, it's like those, I don't think Derrick Henry is a good example, but, you know, it's it's those running backs that after, I, I wish I could get a good example for like two or three years ago. Well, or something, but like, yeah, but, but they like, get like two or three ahead, touchdown games, but they're still kind of like splitting carries as a back so you're just like this kind of isn't you know this number doesn't match his, his how, how you can like depend on him right like i just read this just today about joe burrow is, is that he was like the eighth rank ranked uh qb in fantasy but like something like 47 percent of his points came from three games in that season yeah. so to to mark your point so it's like all right so yeah he was the eighth best quarterback in fantasy football but week to week is he winning me games every single week and i do think that they're on espn there is a stat where they talk about consistencies like game started and then games where it's like they categorize it as like a bust 
I think like an average starter and then like, you know, like a star and it was weighted on like a range of points. So depending on the position and that percentage gave you like the higher the percentage, the more likely a consistent player is like maybe like a Cooper cup or like when I think of consistency, like in wide receivers, I think of like Mike Evans, who is consistently like year over year produced. I can't speak to his like high level games. I'm sure he probably has a few of them out there, but by and large, I always thought of him as like a, you know, really like rock solid wide receiver that I know what I'm getting with a Mike Evans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I happen to have Mike Evans numbers in front of me. Oh, look at that. I did this. So this all came from the, you have Calvin Ridley's parlay in front of you. (laughs) Is it like just $1,500, man? Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, So here's what I was thinking is that my philosophy is that you can't win your league in the first round. You can't really win your league in the first two rounds. All you can do is lose your league. You know, you can lose your league by like, I have the first overall pick and I have Arian Foster and then he dies. Right. I have the first. That was the Arian Foster alert right there that just came buzzing in. (laughs) That was. Like, dude, dude, Arian Foster. Boop, boop, boop. 1990, or was it 2002 once their fantasy football back? Arian Arian Foster Foster has a Google alert on everyone's phone (laughs) if he's ever mentioned it. So the idea being that, like, if your guy busts in the first round, it's really hard to come back from that. Like, leagues are kind of one with that later round pick the guy who blows up who turns into a top 10 player that you didn't have to spend top 10 uh like collateral on so i started looking all right well who hits their mark who hits their average and what i found was i did people who exceed their average people who hit 90 percent of their average 80 percent of their average and then i dumped down to what i call an f game which is people which is a game where you fail to score 60 percent of your average so right, let's below give us, give 60%. Us, give us some players and let us guess like where they are in this tier. So we have like tier ones that are, these are the top guys that like, uh, like overperform their average the most. There's tier two, which is kind of middle. And then some mm-hmm. just flunkies that like, let's uh, go, let's go with the top five picks. Okay, uh, the top five uh, projected scores for this year in a uh, standard PPR or a PPR league. Cooper cup who averaged 21.7 points per game. How many games did he exceed that average? Remember, the fewer number of games, the more they are lopsided based on a couple of strong performances. How consistent? What was his average? 21.7 21 points. 0.7. In a PPR league. So you're going to full PPR point. League, and this right. is all 17 weeks. And all what, what is it? A flunk, flunking means, or your tier F means they are scoring less than half? Fewer than 60% of your points. So I'm going to say... I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say so at or above, right? That's what we're guessing. The number of games mm-hmm. at or above that that number. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the number is probably like seven or eight. I was gonna say eight. I was gonna go fifty fifty on it. So I'll say eight games above it. But that would still put him in the in the funky category, right? No, no, you're you're right in the middle. You want to be about fifty percent in terms of your like. No one greatly exceeds fifty percent over their average. It's mathematically sort of impossible. Mm-hmm. So. Fifty percent is as consistent as you can get, in terms of what I've found. I Cooper feel like Cup he had exceeded atti- attitude it. on that on that description. There's a little attitude there. I'm going to be honest. I felt it, but yeah. Not, take not your, when I was doing this using off, basic fucking math, uh, <laughs> fucking heat off of it. All right. Cooper Ooh. Cup exceeded it nine times. Nine, nine times. times. Nine times. Or okay. Nice. Easily, easily. Uh, he's tied for the best in uh, the top twenty. 
uh, at nine times. Do you see a position where it's kind of harder to do, or do you see like a spike in a certain position where it that position for some reason seems a little bit right. more open to like just like there's there's yeah there's games. more there's more dudes at like five to seven range, right where yeah. like a a quarterback might have. Yeah, you know, like four, player. four, four guys in that in that group. Yeah, I would say wide receiver would be in a point per reception league. Wide receivers would game. trend that way just because I could get a lot of catches. Two touchdown games, yeah, and then like some zero touchdown, like yeah, so yeah. kind of go. I could be like Hunter Renfro, and be right at like six games of my average. But Hunter, Hunter Renfro, where's where's Renfro? Seven games at his average. Yeah, seven yeah, games. Makes sense. So. It's, what I found is most of the, I marked it whenever you had more than four games where you got an F, where you failed to hit 60% of your average. So how many F games did Cooper Cup have? How many times did he fail to get 60% of his average? And typically guys are hanging around the four times per season range. I'll go four just because wide receiver. I don't like, I remember those games where like Matt Sat was throwing like, you know, INTs, and it took him like a little while to get started in that stretch. So I think maybe. So we're talking like 12, 13 points, right? 13.02 yeah. points. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Four. Yeah. The high end. I'll take yeah. a max. I, I go that. I go that route. A league best one time. Ooh. Good really interesting. Man. Cooper Cup, not only the highest score, easily the most consistent player by this metric. Right, which is also which then bears out to the whole point of like, I think when you look at like percentage of like league championships, I think ESPN prints it out of like these guys are all rostered by league champions. Cooper Cup was one of the top names there, but that's primarily because of your point is is his consistently throughout the season, no matter what your format is, two quarterbacks, two wide receiver, whatever it is, like he was locked in, solid starter the whole way and performed at like a elite level the whole season you're gonna get 20 fucking points from cooper cup every solid week which is a huge advantage when you're like oh hopefully you know alan alan robinson and fucking justin fields will get it figured out this week and hopefully when i drafted him in in my second round and my my you know you know cube or wide receiver like 13 you know he's gonna be my solid number two wide receiver yeah. All right. So based on this, like, Joe, I don't want you to give away because we're both in a couple leagues with you, so you don't have to give away like too much. Like, does do you bake this into your rankings? Like, it's is this obviously adjusting how you're drafting? One hundred percent. In okay. the in the first round, absolutely. I'm just looking for somebody that I can. You want to be able to take that first pick and just set it and never never touch that person. Like, I don't want to draft like a guy fourth overall and then have to debate whether or not he belongs in my starting lineup. Yeah. Like so, uh, Joe Mixon has bad numbers on this that's what i was gonna ask without giving giving away too much like who is give us one player that is in everyone's top 10 or at least like projected top 10 pretty like baseline for everybody that you have falling out if you'll share that with us and then one guy that's outside of the top 10 that you don't have to i mean if it's your draft strategy you don't have to give away too much but like who's kind of like no no give it away you're on the pod i'll give it up i'll give it up i know i know yeah (laughs) i'm gonna lose give up the goods uh so just inside the so inside the top 10 uh joe mixon joe mixon has um so he had seven games where he exceeded his average uh 90 percent of his average seven games 80 percent of his average seven games so he basically had seven good games the rest of them were all uh at least 
70% below average. And he had six times where he failed to get even 60% of his average. So like so a true dying, F yeah. game. He's uh, dining on that meal ticket. He's, yeah, it's, it's, he's, a, he's a tough hang for a consistent performer. Outside the top 10 is just outside the top 10. Number 11, and this is going to sound like sour grapes. It is not. Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill has consistently gone down, not only in points per game every year, but in how many games he actually hits his average. Uh, he is exactly the same like uh, like Joe Mixon was, seven games above 80%, 90%, and above 100. So most of his games are well below average, and he had an equal number of games where he failed to hit 60%. Yeah, I'll so, confirm that sounds like sour. That's for sure. 8.58 points, seven times. Yeah, like but now have, like so talk about like, but he's taken a step up in quarterback play. So let's talk about that. That's yeah, a great accuracy. Point. Accuracy matters <laughs> in this conversation. So let's put that on there. Uh, I do, fast, I do love. Us... I was listening to a Miami guy, and he was talking about how they're going to be really working. You know, uh, Tyree can you know he can start doing those underneath. You know, the quick slants. I'm like, I bet he can. He he 100 was complaining <laughs> that he wasn't getting the ball deep last year. Yeah. Yeah, over like, and over. We're gonna really take advantage of his his like quick back his hook game. Let's just really just exploit his five yard outs. Uh, yeah, we're gonna do that. A little spin doctors over there, in Miami. Perfect. Uh, who's kind of outside this top ten that people, based on kind of the math you've been doing, uh, might want to reach a little bit? Their their friends will say it's a reach, but it's kind of to your point, like going for that value of consistency. Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs has. Uh, really, really, really consistently uh, outscoring his average uh, again with Cooper Cup nine times. He's tied for first with Cooper Cup, uh, and then only had an F game three times, which is below average, below league average. Uh, and then a, a sleeper that I think everyone here is going to probably be like, well, not most awesome because he's too good at this, but That's most people will be like, oh, that guy's story. that guy's done. He's it's washed up. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel oh, Elliott was an incredibly consistent performer. Uh, again, same numbers as Diggs, nine games above average and only three uh, stinkers. So, yeah, we're in that we're in that uh, that dynasty league where I'm trying to move Elliott. Like, uh, yeah, it's just like his price is super low, but I mean, he's still like he's not. How old is he? Is he at that thirty mark yet? He's not right. Like twenty eight. 27, 28. I think he's like twenty seven. Yeah, um, but the show. problem with him is. Like this is where this is where like public knowledge or like awareness of a player and like stats, like I think his everyone knows Ezekiel Elliott, so his ceiling is a lot or not his ceiling, but his like perceived value is a lot higher than what it actually is. Cause what was his points per game? Like in the fifteen. Thirteen right? and a half. Thirteen, 13 and, and a half. half. Right. So 13 and a half, I mean, based on a point per reception league, I don't know if 13 and a half, is 13 and a half points getting drafted in the top two rounds if you're in a 10, 12 league team? Technically league? speaking, I yeah. So. I mean, is I mean you, unless you, until you, until you factor in, I don't have quarterbacks factored into this, but. Gotcha. Uh, but I mean, yeah, you, that would throw that off. Well, so where does that put it? What's it? Sorry to interrupt. Where's that put them him at? Like 15, 16? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So I. So maybe that takes him maybe, from like fifteen to like eighteen. If you if you count Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert as top two or like second right. round picks. So yeah, I think maybe that that feels right for him, like bottom second round for Zeke at this moment in time. But I just wonder if like many people will be sitting there in that like 
in that eight spot in the first round being like, uh, all the, all the top flight running backs are going, should I go on here? So is he worth the eighth pick overall in the first round or in the bottom half? Do I feel way more better about that floor for Zeke in the back end of round two? I guess I, maybe I'm mincing hairs a little bit. No, I but- think it's a, I think it's a really weird situation where the, the dude's fame and sort of his, his, renown mm-hmm. kind of puts you at in a strange place where like am i drafting on name or is this guy actually still got it like we've seen todd Gurley go from an absolute unstoppable machine to broken and right. completely worthless uh, in terms of fantasy as a human being i'm sure he's great um unless there's something i missed in the news all right now well, well we've got we got a new we got a new story <laughs> called what did todd do this time <laughs> uh but ezekiel elliott is like on paper, he's absolutely a top 20 player. But would you draft him in the top 20? Doesn't feel like it. It feels like you'd want to wait. It just. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I like to me, it seems like you get the. Yeah, it'll be. I think it is for those top. Elliot looks in that prime spot for those guys picking, you know, the top five to kind of come around to the other end and be like, all right, especially if they're picking wide receivers. Like to me, it seems like, like a Cooper Cup combo. Like, you have a top four pick, you're grabbing Cooper Cup because you just want to go with that, you know, wide receiver consistency, get that checked off. And then by the time you kind of circle around with your second pick, like, you're just like, all right, like, this is, you know, top level tier two, maybe like bottom level tier one running back. Like, let's just plug Zeke in here. Well, that it's, it's a for them. here's the other interesting thing is that there's, and this surprised me, there's virtually no difference between wide receiver and running back in terms of consistency. Like they, and you would think that because the wide receiver's job is so predicated on another player able to do their job and getting the play call and getting the, the read and getting, you know, and then being able to execute your, your like specific responsibility. Whereas a running back just has to get the play call, right? They just have to like, this is what we're calling. So you're automatically getting the ball. You would think that wide receivers actually fluctuate much more than a running back does, but it's not. True. Yeah, it's got to be that. It's got to be that PPR that irons it out, right? Because I think in a not PPR, like wide receivers would feel even more like boom or bust. But the PPR mm-hmm. kind of levels it out and at least makes it like comparable. Now you can really talk about like, you know, versus going with a running back that's sharing time, like maybe started WR two over that. Um, all right, real fast. Uh, thanks for breaking that down. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. I just really want to Ezekiel Elliott. I was just looking at Tristan Cockcroft's two top two hundred in PPR. As we do. For Zeke, as we do. We're pulling from this. He's got him at 43, Ezekiel Elliott. 43 overall, running back number 20. Sandwich right in between J.K. Dobbins and Josh Jacobs. That seems like, now it seems like is the, is the, is the tipping point, like going, is he underrated now at this point, Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. based, on, based on what Joe's saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. And I think that's to like Joe's point. Like it looks like, Definitely the shines off. Definitely seems like, you know, uh, his touch is getting, he's sharing a little bit more than we saw that last year. And I I think there's like an overreaction, especially as kind of like, I, you know, I think some of his attitude shit, like, you know, yeah. it's baked into that too, where it's just like, it's easy to kind of say, fuck this guy. It seems like a consistent. So it does seem there's some value there. It's just kind of figuring out when that value be. And I was going to have the same reaction. Like, there's just going to be like, oh, that's a good pick there. Like, oh, that's a lot of upside. Like, a lot of, so we'll just have mm-hmm. to see if that upside kind of plays out, if he can still keep the touchdowns there. Um, all right, on the macro, real fast, give me kind of 
one rule change that you guys are looking forward to happen or maybe last year that happened in both your standard leagues and then your uh, dynasty leagues? Like one thing that you like that you want to shout out to the audience to maybe bake into their league or like maybe one thing that you tried out that you didn't like, just kind of give them a heads up on how they can do that last little tweak or maybe if they're just like, you know, we've been running the same league for like eight years, like what's other we can do to shake this up a little bit? I'll tell you the thing that I've, I've been obsessed with since I started fantasy football was I didn't understand why quarterbacks were so much more undervalued than running backs that like that like a throwing a touchdown was worth so much so much less when I when I think of the importance of the position in the real sport that that isn't nearly reflected enough in fantasy for me so in our dynasty league we went to two quarterbacks you have to start two quarterbacks and it immediately makes the position so much more important because you can you can virtually like oh any starter who isn't a moron like you're gonna get points out of him but when you get into those that second tier of guys where it's like oh you might have like 138 yards with two interceptions like it becomes much much more important so it's like your first quarterback oh great everybody has a starter everybody has a top 10 guy it's that second group that we're we're, the rubber meets the road that's really exciting like i not just for a dynasty league but for any league i think it's an incredibly valuable addition I'm with you. I was totally out on this, um, but it seems like any position where you kind of just surf the waiver wire and not really paid attention kind of sucks and just takes away from the strategy of it. So even though my big thing always was, you know, two quarterbacks don't reflect the actual league, but what doesn't reflect the actual league is not giving a shit about a quarterback and dropping, you know, Kirk Cousins and then picking up Jalen Hurts for like a week and just plugging him in there. It's like that doesn't reflect the league, like, but not important in the quarterback. And the right. two quarterback situation did bring that importance. Uh, Paul, you have anything that you love seeing or hate to see? Yeah. Well, I'll go, I'll go making a, a, a change. Let's talk about trades. We were talking about trades earlier, and I've been guilty of this too, of ignoring trades. I'm trying to make a concerted effort this year to if I do make if I receive a trade, respond. Doesn't yeah. take that long. It's part yeah, of the league. It doesn't it does take long at all to be like this is a shitty trade offer. Exactly. Joe, knock it off. Yeah, you super quick. <laughs> Come on, what are you thinking? Just Again, I don't want Zeke yeah. Elliott. I get all your consistency rankings. Not gonna <laughs> trade him for you. The spreadsheet. Exactly. Yeah. Could you, I don't know I don't know what these numbers mean. I have a community college education. Lose my email address. Guys, I'm gonna drop my file into the chat box. Just just peruse. Just take yeah, a look. Just, yeah, one. exactly. No, but I would say I would say uh fire fire off a rebuttal if you don't like it. It doesn't have to you don't have to fucking go deep into it, but just respond. The other thing is is if someone also then sends you just a, a cold trade. Don't be offended. Don't sit there and be like, oh, this is the shittiest trade ever. Just respond. Just respond. It's just a simple no. It'll make the league more fun. Yeah, that's what we're looking at, right? It's looking like you want the league to be interactive. And as we're all getting older, at least on this podcast, like you just don't want ever to feel like a league's just on like kind of like auto run and it's just kind of going. So anything you do to like participate, if you get a trade offer, I like that. I'll challenge myself to do that too. I'd be like, yep, this is dog shit. Yep. Dad, dad. Ooh, another good side mission. Uh, you can't have a single player on your team by the end of the season that you drafted, but you still have to have a winning record and you automatically win the league. Single player. That's insane. I love it. I, I love it. Like, I think there is something here. I want to put a little, it'd be fun to get like eight guys together for just a mission. Thing. Like everyone knows what the missions are, make them random and assign them and just see what happens. It sounds like a lot of fun. Um, the risk right. league. The risk league. That's it. funny. Yeah. Great insight. Uh, okay. Let's jump into the inbox real fast. Um, get off my bumper. Uh, did you ever have a bumper sticker? What's the backstory choosing it? Ooh, I have very specific thoughts on bumper stickers. Yeah, I actually 
and coexist. So right? coexist, exactly. Yes. Um, I actually feel that the more bumper stickers you have, the like the more points of IQ I just chop off of your IQ overall. I just think bumper stickers might be the dumbest thing that I've ever fucking seen. There's nothing that's going to encapsulate my person. I might be going hard and you guys might have like fully adorned bumper sticker cars that I'm not aware of. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I just, I don't get it. Why are you putting a bump? I actually don't even like when the fucking, when the dealership puts their little sticker on there. I tear that off. Get it off there. I don't tear need any off, of this. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it seems like there's just something that rubs it wrong. It's just like stickers like belong on you know, like in bar bathrooms, on stalls and stuff, like they belong like that, like on trapper keepers. It's just like mm -hmm. throwing one on a car and they're never like, it doesn't feel like it's, this is the time to get philosophical on us, on this little thing on the back of your car. It's just like, what are we doing? And if there's like curse words in it, like just trash, that's trash now. You're, you're, that's you're, trash you're fucking trashy. My, 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 my dinosaur ate your stick family. Like are those little pithy turns on all the stick family figures on the back of the windshield. This is terrible. We don't need this anymore. You know what? Oh my God, I'm worried Calvin. that the world thinks of me too intelligently. So I'm going to make a fart joke. But just to be sure, I'm going to put on a bumper sticker on the back of my fucking car. Like a right. fart yeah. joke bumper sticker. <laughs> to me, immediately, like, you sh you don't get to vote. That's yeah, it. It's, I, I'm definitely, it's just like, I love this gift so much. I thought it was so funny that it's just like, here it is on the back of my car. It's like that thing. Like the, Cal like the Calvin, like the Calvin. Calvin pissing Calvin's. on a Chevy. Yeah. That's that's a fucking low art form right there. Also, too, like if you're really into like um, like dachshunds, right? I don't need to know about it. I don't need to know this much information that you really love your dachshund. That I'm a dachshund grandmama. I don't need to yeah. know this. I don't need a little wiener dog picture on the back of your window. I'm trying to think of all the ones that have really infuriated no, me in the last good. few days. Uh, anyway, like let's. Yep, yeah, we took it far enough. Uh, thank you for that email. I don't know if you're looking for us to actually weigh in on some bumper stickers. We have. I guess the short answer is we don't have bumper stickers. And yeah. Good luck to whichever one. But do put a send us an email. Put an MAB sticker on your car. We'll Would do you? That. We'll send you that. Oh Would yeah, you that's put a good... an MAB bumper sticker on your car. Oh my car, no. no. The podcast is good. It's not. Fuck yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I would the one thing a... you care about, <laughs> the one thing you really want to promote and want other people to know about, it's like, absolutely not. I'd, nope. I'd, I'd, I'll never do a podcast again. I'll burn this microphone. Um, all right, middle life. Um, I know some peeps that are coming up on their 40th birthday. Oh, I got this little bit. Just turned 40. Everybody knows that. Uh, tell us, gentlemen. Uh, tell us, gentlemen, what would be your midlife crisis dream card? Let's cover this real fast. Are we Ooh. Are we in midlife crisis territory? When is that? It happens now? I don't know, man. I think a lot of people are playing real fast and loose with the term midlife. You don't know yeah. how long you're going to fucking be around. Like, right. No. Like a lot of people are like, I'm having a quarter life crisis. Like you do cocaine eight times a week. <laughs> you're not a quarter of the way through your life, my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah um, so car, I, I would get, um, I don't know. I thought about it. The pundits might know I don't own a car. I don't plan on owning a car, but uh, I've, I do want to get like a really big fucking like suburban. Like I just want like a gigantic SUV. Yeah. Like I know that makes me a piece of shit, but I want it so big. Like I can't park it like under the little like parking spots we have down here at like uh, in our apartment. Like that's how big I want. I just want it gigantic. Oh. I want like a little mini bus. You're you worried about eight going miles to the gallon. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't fit gorgeous. in the gas station. You have to like run yeah. a big gulp like out to yeah. the curb. Just pour perfect. gas in the tank. 
Yep. Sounds dreamy. Very excited. <laughs> what is, where, where does this come from? What, why do you think that is? I don't know. Like, I was kind of, like, out on it. And then I was thinking, like, the last car I owned was a little Cobalt. And that was after I owned a bunch of, like, a, just a series of Chevy Cavaliers. So it's just, like, like I got, like, I had to, you know, I'll rent some for, like, some shoots. And I'll just get in it. I just, like, I love being up. I love the space. I love just, like, big dick coming there, through. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, like, I'm, I'm bought in. I'm bought into the whole thing. Like, <laughs> Look at how big my dick is. I drive a Suburban. I got to go to hell. It's so, like, just the BD of it. It's, I'm so guilty of it. But, yeah, I just, like, I like fucking being behind it. Yeah. I w- I'm not uh, a big, like, sports car guy, but I do like the big car. I would like a, like, a Range Rover, like, a really nice, like, luxury SUV. Sounds fucking pretty sweet to me. Yeah, doesn't it? What do yeah. you got, Joe? What's your midlife crisis car? A motorcycle? Yeah. 1961 Ferrari G250 California. Less than 100 were made. The Ferris Bueller's Day Off car. The yeah, Ferris yeah. Bueller's Day Off car. Less than 100 were made of that? Ooh, that's a good one. Like like a, a just a pristine, cherry red, classic, stick shift, like Italian sports car would be. That's That's the one. Because I mean, here's the thing about a new car. It's always like a uh, it's a one-up spin game, right? It's like, oh, mm, you have a 2022? Oh, great. Yeah. Like, but a classic, mm, can't, you can't improve it. Well, there's a bit of one-upsmanship, and we're like, this car is now $10 million, so there's only 100 of <laughs> There's a little bit of that that's going, going around with that. You know and what? Like, You're right. A Chevy Cobalt with a shitload of bumper yep, stickers. Exactly. <laughs> I, was gonna, like, I was like, someone's got to need a fucking bumper sticker. Life begins at the conception. Show, Life begins at 40. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cobra Kai, Las Vegas. I know a couple of really tough but gentle fellas going to the Jiu-Jitsu World Championship in Las Vegas this year. It's basically the Olympics of BJJ fighting this held every two years. Is this you, bro? You going to this? You going I this? am. I am nice. in. Um, I'm not tell competing. Me, <laughs> tell me, based on the people die. who the, based on the people who love watch and participate in um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, would you consider the weekend of that event to be an insanely dangerous time to be partying in Vegas, or would you consider it to be a safer weekend? So you're going. I think the vibe we're getting at here is it's going to be a bunch of uh, MMA people floating around. BJJ a lot of them yeah. yeah yeah so it's just like do you feel like you know but I mean part of it is just like the pride of them not getting drunk and just popping off right like like the level of bar fights aren't going to go up that's the thing but speak to this Joe I think there's I think there's two answers for this I think is it a is it a good time to be a regular mouthy asshole like no it's not a good time to be a regular mouth I mean it's never <laughs> yeah, a great time but it's, it's certainly your odds are not bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess the question is that. like, just figure out like, what brand of person are you? Is what yeah. To if out. like, if you see a Brazilian dude with a cauliflower ear, maybe just like you know, uh, keep your like comments to yourself. You know, like don't don't mouth off. But typically speaking, it's actually a pretty cool environment. It's a pretty cool uh, community. Most of them know each other. There's like, and if you come up doing this stuff, one thing you learn really really quickly is that you don't fucking know who's capable of what everybody has like looked across from some, you know, 130 pounds soaking wet dude. And then just been absolutely manhandled. And like, you, you know, some 17 year old kid who like weighs a buck Oh five, puts you on your back and then turns you to a pretzel. And you're like, so it, it teaches you pretty quickly that, um, you know, never assume, you know, what somebody else doesn't know, or, you know, what their, what their, you know, capabilities are. And also, 
most of these people are doing this all the time, right? Like these, these dudes, they train all day, every day. Like the idea of like, oh, I'm going to go out and test my skills against, you know, Bob at the blackjack table. It's like, it's not happening. Like they test their skills against each other. Uh, I think it's actually, I'm going to go with, it's an incredibly safe time because none of these people see red when it comes to like their masculinity being checked. It's like, no, they do that all day, every day. They don't have an adrenaline dump. They don't have like fight or flight. Uh, they're pretty calm. You know, it's, it's actually a pretty, uh, a pretty chill community. But, but God, are you waiting for fucking some mouthy, like bodybuilder, gym bro, who spends like four grand on a table and you're like, oh, please. Oh, please. (laughs) What'd you see about my bumper sticker? Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. Does Brandana have it? All right. So this week we're doing, Joe, you got here just in time. Um, Mosas is going to throw out Coach of the Pod. Friend of the pause, some Ooh. Dan Campbell quotes. Yes, some Dan so Campbell quotes. Guess, so we're gonna so, guess that these are Dan actual Dan Campbell quotes. Right. So this is yeah, yeah. Did Dan say it? True or false? I'm gonna give you some some quotes here. You're gonna tell me. Did Dan say it? All right. Dan Campbell quote or Dan rejected Campbell. Alpo slogan. <laughs> uh I'm gonna try to do my I'm gonna try and do my best Dan Campbell impression. I'm so yeah, excited. A little cut out of breath. Yeah, exactly. Like just two there, two words two words away from finishing the sentence. Right. right no yes, because Dan. Two words are going to be. Yeah, Dan Campbell <laughs> walks into lots of sentences and is like, "I don't know how to get out of here, man. I'm just trying to figure it out." All right, here we go. Uh, the first quote: He's slippery, man. He's a, I call him a praying mantis. Um, spider of death. He's just something, you know, something about him, you know. So, freaking serpent. Did Dan say it? Yes, I'm gonna go with you. Did it sounds like it's it's trying so hard that it feels like a Dan Campbell quote, like the praying mantis in there, you know, that Riley serpent praying mantis. <laughs> like it was just like I'll, I'll go, I'll go with that. You said, oh, we lost you, Joe. Oh, Joe, your audio's out. Fuck. I was gonna say I think it's Nicolas Cage discussing his character <laughs> from Con Air. That's my guess. No, uh, it's uh, he did say it. It is true. Dan did say that. All right. Dan, Dan, Dan. This one. All right, here we go. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to go. We're going to get up and we're, we're going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. This is absolute. This is absolutely him. I remember this. This is what turned me on to Dan Campbell. Yeah. And if I was going to get a bumper sticker, it would be this quote. <laughs> yes. Oh, exactly. Yeah. This is one hundred percent his "you looking at me" speech. Yeah. Exactly. Are you talking to me? You looking at me? God damn. <laughs> no. You know what? I nailed it. You nailed this is it. Dan Campbell's yeah. "you looking at me" speech. You looking absolutely. at me? Yeah. Dan Campbell would be like, "It's like that it's you like, looking at me" speech. It's like that you looking at me speech. You are because. Because I'm looking at you. You. We're gonna fight harder. We're gonna and... fight harder. I'm gonna take you into deep waters. All right, number number three. Okay, I've got six total. You know what? You know what the game is? It's just like Dan Campbell or George W. Bush. Like that would be the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like fool me. You don't. You don't get fooled again. Fourth and right. fourth. Fourth and won't be fourth and two again. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Just a, a, a legit pet lion on a chain a big ass chain and he's just he's just really my pet we walk around the building we go out to practice 
We're in seven on seven. We're behind a kicker when he's kicking. Did Dan say it? Oh man, that sounds pretty good. I, I'm only if he started with this, I would say yes, just because I gotta get some nose in there. I'm gonna say no, but this guy seems like the kind of guy that would like talk about his dog and his pet and just making a whole press conference out of that. I'm gonna say no though. I'm gonna say no. Joe, did Dan say it? If he said this, I'm a fucking Lions fan. I'm just, I'm in. I'm buying a jersey. Let's go. True. He did say it. Oh, <laughs> nice. Man. All right. Here we go. Number four. Yeah. When I wake up in the morning, I like to get my things started the right way with a little Metallica. Boom. Master of Puppets. Couple of headbangs. It was a lot cooler when I had my long hair. But yeah, gets the blood pumping. Okay. This sounds like a Ricky Bobby quote from <laughs> like that Will Ferrell racing movie. Uh, I'm going to go I'm, with no. I'm going to say this is uh, TJ Hawkinson. Nope. It is false. He did not say it. Dan did not say this. I just wrote that. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to conjure his voice. But is that's that good. true uh, for good. you? It is. It, no, it's not true for me. No, no, no. I don't have long hands. I never had I like Miss Jr. loves Master of Puppets. He fucking loves that song. It's not really. Yeah, it's so funny. Rock? No, no, that's yeah, not the song at all. That's not, I don't know any master. Song. You weren't master. like a Metallica guy. You were too caught up in in Backstreet Boys, weren't you? Yeah, I was actually. You were that too busy looking fresh. Yeah, fly, Millennium pretty fly CD. for a white guy. Absolutely, pretty yeah, okay. not all right. Proud. All right. Uh, uh, cool five. Uh, Jared's been working hard this offseason, man. Busting his rear to be in the best shape of his life. I mean, I, I keep telling him it's because he wants to look good in those beach photos of his honeymoon. You see those pics? That's a handsome looking fella. Did Dan Absolutely. say it? Absolutely him. Yeah. The rear. I like the rear. Him using the word rear. Like a, Did you say like Jared? A... Jared, as in Jared Goff. Because <laughs> he did get married this offseason. And we're saying he's a handsome fellow. He's a handsome. All right, I'll believe it's Dan Campbell. Yeah, absolutely. Did Dan say it? He did not say it. I wrote that. Oh, nice. I'm conjuring the spirit of Dan. Right, bro. Right. Your quality control assistant. Aaron Sorkin over there, capturing the voice. Nice, (laughs) love it. It was the rear. The rear, I think, was the thing that sold. Yeah, the rear was the rear was the addition. Like the not knowing when to. The funniest thing is like the substitute curse words in a sentence that has like curse words later in it. It's just yes. like, what are we like? Dude, we're mixing brands here. I mean, he kicked some this, fucking sentence, tail, you know? Yeah. Is this sentence right. rated R or is it rated P? You know, PG? God bang that son of a bitch. You're like, wait, <laughs> yeah, what? It's just like, what is, what's going on? You would give a, your coat in winter to somebody that needed it, man. That's what this community is about. However, however, nobody will take advantage of our hospitality nobody so that's who we're about that's what we're about did dan say it okay you went john wayne so i don't know if you're trying to throw sorry i my, my pressure <laughs> might get a little too much here All right. like is this dan campbell 20 years from now like what happened to him i um, lost him i lost i don't him. know i'm pretty sure this was my shift manager from chili's <laughs> uh, i'm gonna say he did say it no one will take advantage of our hospitality <laughs> Like giving him a locker room and yeah, I don't yeah, I'm trying to still trying to figure out what he's like. We let them in the building and this is how they repay us. You would you would give your coat in the winter to somebody that needed it, man. That's what this community is about. However, however, 
Nobody <laughs> will take advantage of our hospitality. Nobody. So that's who we're about. That's what we're about. Mm. I'm saying he said it. It's just confusing enough to, it's just riddle <laughs> enough to be a Dan Campbell quote. I'm going to say this is a Marco Rubio. <laughs> there is Rubio like a fucking speech. Confucius aspect of yeah. it, right? It's like, just, what? Yeah, but like I need to diagram the sentence, break it out. The fuck does that even mean? Like, why would. It's great. This makes it feel really Dan Campbell. What does it have to do with football? Is he talking just about Detroit in general? Yeah, he's talking about Detroit. He'll give you a cope. No one, no one will take like, uh, do not steal the bath towels. Those are ours. (laughs) They're fancy towels. We put them out for company. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say no, this is insane. No, he did say it. He actually just said it in the, he just said it in the, uh, you know, the, 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 like the fan appreciation game or whatever. And he sure. addresses the, the stadium. He's talking about the community. And then he just, and then he actually ends it with the heat hyenas better get out of the way because we're coming to eat. We're starving. And that's just like, God damn, boy. I love Are this. Are you sure Dan Campbell? isn't an AI generated coach from Google that they just like, you know, like they have the bots that can just like put together words. Like they haven't perfected the technology. It's just right. like, he's like, he's like a beta program. A yeah. It's just oh. like, are you a robot? And he's just like, yeah. With roast beef, please. And it's just like, all right. Like what? Like <laughs> I was going to say brisket. I honestly was, but we nailed it. Um, all right, guys. Great. Thanks for doing that. Lot of fun. All right, we're running out of time. We'll do Cam. You guys want to do Cam Mabia real fast? We can fly through it. Do you guys yeah, want to guess it. some guess yeah, prices? Yeah. All right, fuck it. Let's do it. I want to do answers only. I don't, uh, I don't even know what this is. So we'll go back and forth. Um, I'll let you guys guess the price, and the other one will guess the over under. Uh, this is basically um, Joe. If we've done this a couple times on the pod, but it's I look with people that are on Cameo, and then we know what the price is. We have the other person guess like mm. what it is to Love get it. a Cameo experience with them. Um, so since it's his podcast, most awesome, you can guess first. Joe, you'll go over under on Paul's guest. We're gonna go with Brett Favre. Ooh. Brett Favre. This is not the dick pic package is more. So this. I was is gonna say, God, we fucking. This I'm glad you jumped on that yes. for all. Of us I had right to. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, exactly. Let's just get it over with. Yeah, exactly. You guys are gonna interrupt each other trying to get out there. Just uh, like, Jen you know Sturger, I'm the host. I'll do the joke, and then we'll all just move on. <laughs> I was at a dinner, and somebody put out Gouda. And just like right as somebody said Gouda, the host just goes, don't fucking say it. And it was just like, thank you so much, yeah. man. Perfect. Um, I'm going to say, I don't think that Copperfit money is treating them as nice as it once was before. Um, Wrangler jeans. I don't know if he's still getting those. Say 350 350 for a. $350. $350. Over under or three on 350 Oh, no, I'm. I'm I'm absolutely going over. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I, I, I don't have to say a number, but I'll say like somewhere around five. It's four hundred. Ooh. Four hundred dollars. We closer than I am. Get but the old gun too bad. I just had to say over. it up. <laughs> yep. Uh so that's Joe plus one. All right, you'll start this one, Joe. Don Beebe. Oh legendary Don Beebe. Bill's wide receiver. Is this funny to you? Like Yeah, it's not it's not the top of anyone's shopping list. Like we get that. It's <laughs> just like if you know a Bills fan that's in their mid-40s, like, may they appreciate this. A little surprise. See how affordable it is. How much is Don Beebe to be like, what's going on? Mm. Let's see. What did he chase that pump return down like 87 yards? I'll say $87. <laughs> Joe, 
Yeah, damn it. I was going to be like, yeah, well, I mean, this was Leon Lett's Camambio, but then Don knocked it but right Don out. Don came <laughs> right, right in at the very end. It was like, That's actually, so it's great. mine. Yeah, you buy That would be worth a grand. Le- easy. That, easy would be, grand. that would be the fucking best. You pay for mm-hmm. Leon Lett, and then just as he's about to talk, like, BB jumps in there. Oh. <laughs> just like, happy birthday, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on your retirement, Salvatore. <laughs> Who right, is over, this? <laughs> over under. We're just saying names. Eighty nine dollars. Eighty nine dollars. Uh, I'm gonna go over. I think he's. I think he's a cool hundo. It's thirty bucks. Whoa, Don. <laughs> Don. Don the budget master BB. Like <laughs> ready to be here and make it happen for you. You do realize that's less than a mediocre <laughs> Vegas buffet, right? Like you could go to the Flamingo and have a buffet, or you can have Don BB. Don. You know, Don. My time about, isn't worth that much. <laughs> about quantity. He wants those smoking deals. I think he has buy two, get one free also. I'm not sure. I'll check that out. Don um, Bogo. All right. All right. Mike Leach. Joe's up to nothing. Mike Leach. This is the I'm 40 guy, right? I'm a man. I'm 40. Is that Mike oh, that's Leach? Mike, that's no. Mike Gundy. Mike Leach oh, is yeah. the head coach of uh, now Mississippi State in the SEC. He's the pirate yeah. guy. He's yeah. the guy that's a – he's a wild fucking guy. Air Raid was at Washington – State with uh, Gardner Minshew during that during his season there. Ooh, okay, Mike Leach. Set, set a price. Set a price. Most awesome. Oh, set a price. Um, well, fuck. Don really fucking fucked his all up for everybody. Uh oh, careful. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say seventy five dollars for Mike Leach. Oh man, that's gonna be low. 75. I'm sticking with it. 75 dollars. 75. Over under Joe. Mm. And what did you say? Mississippi State and Washington State before then? Yeah. No, no yeah, Texas yeah. schools? No, he was in Texas. Was he at Texas Tech? Te- he was a, that was an air raid, right? Like yeah. you know, that oh, Texas. Free no, no. Coach Bro. Didn't he have like the he had the like the like locking up players and like the facility or something? Was there something like weird with him? That was Craig James's son. Who was a like Adam James or something like that? Was a wide receiver. I don't know who Craig James is. Craig James was the. I don't know who his son is. Craig James is right, hot pot. Hot pot, right hot pot. Here. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He's <laughs> an ESPN guy. dollars. One hundred thirty-five dollars for Mike Leach. Craig James and, uh, was at eighty-nine was at, cents. For... Was at SMU with with uh, Dickerson. Uh, I was one fifty. Oh, that's half. Right now. Nice. Yeah. Because you're Just mopping like, the floor up with my own game here. It's pathetic. Um, I'm a cameo agent. Can't can't <laughs> win with him. Can't win with him. Can't do it. Can't do it. Mike Singletary. Mike Ooh. Singletary. Happy happy oh. birthday to you. Can't can't not have a birthday wish. Can't do it. <laughs> Don't want him. Uh, good Mike good Singletary. thing you got rid of your your boyfriend. Don't want him. Don't need him. <laughs> Mike Singletary. Yeah. Doesn't have to pay for his kid because the kid's an NFL player. Uh. Mike Singletary, the player, probably goes for a lot higher than Mike Singletary, the coach, except for the irony factor. I'm going to say Mike Singletary is one, no, 225. I think I think he, I think he overvalues himself. 225. 225. Over, under. I'm going to say under because Mike will definitely have that giant wooden cross that he wears, like was like very, so he's, a, he's a Christian man. I'm going to say he's in the, in the one... 150 range. Joe is closer, but you said under. That's all you have to do. It's 200. 
Both you guys sniffing Ooh. around it. Joe, you're pretty dialed in on this game. Pretty good. This is bro. weird, man. Three to one. Yeah. yeah. Like, are you like maybe you got like a subscription to Cameo? You do these all the time, bro. I clearly have an innate talent that cannot be monetized. <laughs> right, which is perfect for Kim for Cameo. Right. All right this is uh, welcome to the podcast. There yeah. we go. Last one. We'll do this the bonus round. Um, we'll give most awesome. We'll give him one point for every five dollars you're off to see if you can close it. Joe, we'll let you guess because this is your hometown. Growing up as a kid, had to be one of your favorite, the Nigerian Nightmare, Christian Okoye. Oh God, yes. All right, three to one for every five dollars you're off. We'll do ten dollars for every ten dollars you're off. Most awesome gets a point, so you got to get within three points. Okay, thirty bucks. He's a He's a really good dude. He's a really like solid human being. Uh, does a lot of still great charitable work in Kansas City. Um, well liked by his peers, well respected by the community. Um, actually married, I think, uh, Jim Tan Laundry's like like middle school girlfriend. Right, um, we're, uh, no. we're guessing the we're guessing the price when I write a forward uh, for his book. All right, yeah. <laughs> Starts with a boy. <laughs> it was a summer, Nigeria. Uh, I'm gonna say. Granted, she... she was not in middle school. Let's just correct that. She was out of. No, middle... no, it was Jim's she girlfriend. Was She's in his middle school girlfriend. Yeah, uh, he's 46. Uh, he. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put him at uh, 145 dollars. That's so funny. It is 115. That is a dead heat. But for you having to guess it and put that, we will give the winner to our guest, Joe Boone. Yes. Really well I, done. Oh my Dialed God, in, dude. Bro. That was unfucking believable. Dialed in. Um, all right, Neapolitan Showdown. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only. All right, Neapolitan Showdown, we are doing best foxhole movie. So this kind of pinged on the thread for a second. It did. Um, Joe, a little bit of a movie head, figured having him on here would be a good time to judge it. How do we, what is a foxhole movie? So here's what I have it defined. We'll let our our guests take it over. But for me, it was like, you know, you're in a situation that you have to get out of and you don't have any choice but to fight your way out. Like that's kind of like foxhole to me. How do you define it, Joe? I would say it's a movie where uh, the drama is, if not created by, but then enhanced by the idea that you can't leave a location. Yeah, which I think like I, th- I think that'll come in with the judging. Jump at a ball. Yeah, no, no, no. That's I like the 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 location, the singular. Like, can't have lots of different. It's got to be yeah. set in one area or region for a majority of the movie. And you're in there against your will, or at least like the option to, you don't have the option to leave. You're not in control for sure. Yeah. So to be able to leave, like you are confined here to be able to leave, like you will have to overcome something and do it. Like just 
exiting stage right like isn't a thing or like just getting out there like you have to raise those stakes uh, so this will be fun so like uh like i was saying joe you might want to weigh in a little bit and it, you know you can deduct some points maybe on if these aren't fox Hole movies because i know a couple of them were on the edge for me we'll get into some of the stuff that i didn't quite think was a foxhole but you know if you put me up against a wall like i think i could debate it out but starting with my number three uh i'm going with tango and cash this isn't entirely <laughs> I love it. I love Tango and Cash. <laughs> Every... is, this Dan... is this a Dan Campbell list? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every 60 episodes, Brandana's got to work in some Tango and Cash. <laughs> that's his it's side a... mission to win the podcast? I... It's... Yes, exactly. It's in a bylaw. I... That's so funny. The next... <laughs> We will do side missions. The next time we have Joe on, Joe, remember this. Like, you need to give us side missions for the podcast for someone to win the pot. But I'll do this. Like, I just, you know, like, thinking about foxhole movies i had to go to prison you know like trying to get out of prison fight your way out like i know that like i recommended that one to you that you did not care for at all paul i think you brought it up like on the podcast you're like what's what's your problem you're talking about shot collar shot collar yeah Mm. and i was like but also like he kind of like tries to get back into prison so i didn't want to count that so i was just like what's my number one kind of prison that's foxhole to me you can't get out you can't control the environment it's tango and cash like they have they are on a clock and they have to get out of there to take care of everything on the other side you know, everyone's getting killed and if they stay in there you know they get drugged down to that basement one more time and electrocuted to death so they have to for their lives get out of there it's foxhole you know the entire movie i guess would be debatable about foxhole movie but that is kind of like the the crux of them getting out there is kind of the rising action and then actually going to the compound is kind of fishing off so tango and cash number three excellent solid number three tango and cash gets worked in there i like it, it um my number three which i Actually, I like this movie. I, I, I read up on it. And I was surprised that it kind of got shit on when it came out. I'm talking about Alive, 1993, Ethan Hawke. This is yeah. a really good movie. This is like, there's too much eating, but yeah, you're eating, but, like, but, eating but this, butt. but this, this created the hashtag greatest, Matt Simon, right? Eating ass. Right. This created like the greatest like hypothetical in my young life, which was like, if we're stranded on a mountain. Who are we eating? Has the great joke, hey, if we die in this car crash, don't eat me. You know what I mean? Like all yeah. this stuff. This this had this had lasting effects throughout my life. And it really like stuck with me. Um, plus, you know, you got some great scenes, right? Where they're really dealing with like some human emotions getting stuck up on there and the guy eats the chocolate. I think the guy and his wife like eats chocolate, like eats the rations too fast. Big argument in there. I like this movie. This is a good movie. Yeah, this is early nineties, you know, it's putting cannibalism on the table. Just yep. the actual practical thing, you know, based on a true story when they actually kind of started have the budget to do it, you know, really kind of push in, like taking that big leap out there, just mainstream and like eating people. Uh, yeah, it's a good take. Hits you at a left field. I mean, it's all the buzz was just like, oh, you see that movie where they like eat people? Yeah. 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 That's wild. I used to, what's your opinion, Joe? Oh, man. First of all, I loved the movie Alive. Uh, Great, right? Also, kind of forgotten as an Ethan Hawke movie. Because it's such yes. like an ensemble, you forget that Ethan Hawke sort of emerges as the main character. And he has the titular lines. Like, doesn't it feel so great to be out here alive? And it's like, <laughs> unnecessary. We did. <laughs> we get the yeah. title. You don't have to sell it. Yeah. Um, whereas Tango and Cash also <laughs> has a great titular line where it's Jack Palance in the scene where he's like explaining how Tango and Cash are chess the pieces tang- on a chessboard. And it lasts for like... Yeah, it feels like nine and a half minutes long. It's like, <laughs> you see, Tango is the king. And the king starts on 
square B4 and <laughs> Cash is the queen and the queen takes her own color. Now in the Sicilian defense, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Just like, just move the story forward. Um, all right, so a live Argentinian soccer team crashing in the, the mountains of Chile. They're stuck in a plane. I guess it's kind of a foxhole. They're stuck on the mountainside. That's kind of a foxhole. They, the big act two twist or turn is that they go on the mission. They give them the best meat and they go hiking into the green valleys of Chile. So you do escape that moment before. And that's kind of like the, the climax as opposed to the moment they, like they get out, they're safe. Whereas Tango and Cash, they are stuck in prison. That is, I'm going to go Tango and Cash. I'm going to go Tango and Cash. One point. Look at that. One point. I normally do that, a creative yeah. point scoring thing, but yeah, I've talked too <laughs> much. <laughs> we all know. Right. Tango and Hush. Is that your only prison movie on here? It'll go to. It is. Uh, I think so. Yeah. All right. So in my number two spot, this is quietly, I think, in my top 30 movies of all time. Um, Joe and I have talked about it multiple times. It's There's no better example for me for a movie that has, like, the greatest two acts and then just absolutely just like kicks the fucking dog in the third act and misses everything by just like throwing a monster down your face but I think you talk foxholes like one thing you gotta talk about is you gotta talk about fucking spaceships and I'm talking about fucking sunshine Danny Boyle just mm. everyone hitting home runs in this like it's so good stuck on the ship no choice but to leave the ship there's a monster of force on the ship like you're stuck there and you just need to survive you told me about this one to watch this. I've not seen this movie. You told you me to watch be, this. I, yeah. I mean, just like the. It's on my Cillian list. Murphy, it's, like yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's shot collar, sunshine. <laughs> I lost so much. Exactly. I, I used to, I used to have a reputation with you where you would like get off the pod and go fire up the movie, and then shot collar happened. And you're like, you know what? I got I got a couple months. Really? Exactly. Oh, yeah, we'll okay. dance around this. I'll sure. Maybe you'll forget. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up a little bit for shot collar just because. It's the it's the one it. movie that I've seen that that shows this side of prison that I think is fucking terrifying, which yeah. is that if you go to like Gen Pop, like prison in California, it's, I don't know about other places, but I've like done some research about this for a project. If you go to Gen Pop in California and you're white, you have two choices. You can become a fucking white supremacist gang member, or you can get raped to death. That's it. Those are the options. And it's like, and like, I, there's a, a dude I used to follow who talks about, you know, like gang culture in prison. He's like, I don't want to fucking hear that you're religious. Don't care. I'm religious. Doesn't matter. It's like, it is the most basic equation. Like, you're going to join the gang or next week. We're going to beat the shit out of you. And then you join the gang. Or the next week, we beat you harder, and then worse stuff happens. And then we're just going to fucking kill you. So it's like, that's a terrifying... And it's just like, oh, God, don't drink and drive. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. That is the biggest fear. It's like, fuck. Yeah. Um, but, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm still out on it because I don't like the guy who took a charge. <laughs> like, I know I, everything that you're saying, absolutely. Actually, what fucking... I just said was a Dan Campbell. Ooh, that's a Dan, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. We're going like, to yeah, beat the yeah, shit out of you harder. <laughs> Across the goal line. You got two choices. Join this defense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's your number two movie? Number two. Uh, I'm I'm going with, I think, maybe bigger hits here. But I'm going to go another disaster movie starring a little-known male actor named Leonardo DiCaprio and his little 
Boothang, Kate Winslet. Talking Titanic, dude. Ooh. Titanic. A fucking foxhole movie. I'm stuck on this that's fucking real. boat. That's, that's really good. So this is this is bringing a lot of creativity, like thinking outside the box. And yeah, that is like, obviously you're not getting off that boat. Like the entire thing is like, I need to get off this. Yeah, that's that's great. That's a that's an excellent call. My movie's better, but good call. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. It's no. Movie's better. It's no sunshine. It it's only like one of the top-grossing films of all time. Yeah, God, would you have rather made Sunshine? Money aside, would you have rather made Sunshine or Titanic? Knowing how many people saw it, I've never seen that. Sunshine, so Titanic. <laughs> what? I need that shitty. I need that shitty third act. Can I change the third act in Sunshine, or I'm married to that act? No, you're married to it. What do you hate about the third act? Like the the Killian Murphy, I always say Killian. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yes, I don't want to spoil it for. Let's not spoil it because I yeah. think it's, your, it's a it's a fifteen year old indie. I think we're okay. You're hanging <laughs> on to the third act the way Jack hangs on to the board <laughs> in the washer. You're sinking. Yeah. You're dying. Yep, and both drown at the end. Exactly both right. Exactly. Fail. Oh God, this is fucking. It... Honestly, most awesome. That's a great answer. Uh, Titanic has one of those um, fantastic qualities of a, of a movie that takes like great actors and somehow has them all turn in terrible performances. Like Kate Winslet to me is objectively a fantastic actor mm-hmm. and she's awful in that movie. Mm-hmm. I know she was nominated for an Academy Award. So fucking what shape of water won best picture, like drink my blood. Uh, Kate Winslet is bad. Dan Campbell movie. quote, drink my blood. <laughs> Dan Campbell quote, Kate Winslet, horrible in Titanic. Right. Uh, I'm a Danny Boyle fan. I really am. I think like, oof. but here's the thing. I got to, God damn it. I'm going to go, I, I'm, I'm going to go Titanic on this one because if you're going to pick a foxhole spaceship movie, it's aliens. And you yeah. know, we're not like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Well, that's uh, what, that's what I was like... thinking about on the, on the how does Shawshank not a foxhole prison movie over? I don't, yeah, I don't think it like Shawshank is. I don't know. It doesn't have that. Him getting out isn't what the movie's built up. He does, but it's just like that's not what he's not trying. Okay, I, yeah, yeah. As, as the audience, like you're not set up. He's just like he's got to get out of this prison. Like right, he right. does do it, and that's what happens. It's the it's big reveal. Yeah, yeah. It's I'll not say I'll say that movie completely would be. I think it would be satisfying in a different way, but I think it would be satisfying if Andy Dufresne never got out of prison, but he got, uh, oh, the, the the dude from Ally McBeal. He got the, like, young guy. If he, like, got red out of prison, you know what I mean? If he mm-hmm. used his abilities or whatever to, like, make the lives of the other prisoners better, that movie's about maintaining hope. It's not about breaking free or, like, getting out. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, but I think you need that. He's almost rewarded need... for keeping hope as opposed to... Sure. Yeah, and it's just like I I think sum it up. That movie's so fucking good. I did actually I watched it the I think I watched it on my birthday in New Orleans after everybody left. Like it was just like on that night and I watched it on TNT and one of those just like I'm not watching here the Joker's just like Shawshank Redemption did it actually like come off the printing presses like just with the TNT logo burnt into the corner of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, <is> that... <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah. I yeah, I was just like him, you know, slowly doing that over time. Uh let's talk a little real fast about uh any constellation stuff. Or any stuff on the outside, like I I wanted to do the road. I'm on a Vigo Mortensen kick now, like just rewatch history of violence. Like that guy, like his choices of movies and his performances are just bad a thousand. But the road, 
the foxhole becomes just kind of existence a little bit, but it seemed like a little bit of a stretch. But there was just kind of the survival, although there's mm-hmm. no real way to get out of it. So I knocked it off. But it was was there anything you were thinking about uh, most awesome? They were just like, I, this we talked about awesome. on the thread talking about the gray, like the Liam Neeson movie. Well, that's right. my number. Okay. That's my number one. Yeah. Oh, that's your number one. Oh. Yeah. Oh. There it is. Oops. <laughs> there it is. Sorry. No, Damn I'll, it. I'll I didn't know you yeah. Talk about your other constellations. Um. Oh, uh, I had Castaway, but I I knocked it off because there is a whole other thing after he gets off the the island, he gets rescued. There's that whole other kind of life on there, but in its on the island in there, yeah. it's the perfect like it. it's bookended it's like by the, some other stuff. It's the take on cash rule, right? Like the entire yep. thing doesn't take place in prison, but there's an act that call it, but like him overcoming it is surviving on that island. So I think, yeah, I definitely put like Castaway there. I think there was, Ooh. you know, there was like buried like good, Joe. Here's a hot pitch. You should get you should guess my number one and then we'll be even. Mm. Your number. Oh, this is, this is gonna be so exciting. I'll I'll, I'll defend my... uh, let me defend the gray, but yeah. Joe, what do you got? Here's my hot pitch on Castaway. All the scenes at the beginning with him and, and uh, what's her name? Helen Hunt, mm-hmm. the woman who doesn't poop. We all know this story, right? Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, moving yeah. on. Moving on. She's your dream girl, Brandon. Moving uh, on. So all that stuff, <laughs> take it away. The movie opens with a guy on a plane. Plane goes down. Island. The movie ends with the sound of the horn of the passing steamer ship when he's on the raft. We never see him start on land. We never see him return home. We never wrap it all up. It's just about his experience getting on and off that island. I know. I think we need to see That's an interesting a little movie. bit. It is, but I think it does add. They're not wasting their time. I don't even mm. know about the like the angel wings girl. Like we don't need that. But there is. We get a little information. Him working the FedEx thing. Like he's a little doughy. Like he's a little bit like kind of like a pussy. And then like you know that that two thing is bothering him. And I think that right. cap can capulate and this help sell him and it's just like he used to be this guy that like got bothered by all these things and now he has to like take survival into time was super important that. super diligent like yeah we need it yeah. we need a little bit of That's that you great. know what i mean like yeah. that really sets his like all his rules are different now yes but you he uses those same things to effectively like manage where what he's doing in that in, yeah. in that island yeah apparently there's a uh like a, a panning shot like kind of going across his like vanity and you see like he was like a like a sailor you know it was like oh he'd like or he was you know captain oh, tying knots yeah. or I'm, I'm sure it was from a script note they're just like this guy built a fucking sailboat it's just like all right, all right let's go back he's, he's a sailor and he's like eight, yeah put a sailor thing but yeah it, it, there's the like these little these little like visual cues that like oh this is why he knows how to build a sundial and it's like i don't fucking i don't i don't care why he knows like as a matter of fact it's cooler for me if I don't know why, because it just kind of tells me that, like, as a man, you should know how to build a raft. Yeah. You should know how, like, a sundial works. Like, you should know how to tie knots. Got it. Check. Mr. Oh. Tying knots. Mr. Tying knots. Not my problem. Um, oh. I, Helen Hunt also pisses me off in that movie. I know I shouldn't. She's, she loves Tom Hanks, but she is also fucking married. She runs out and fucking kisses her oh, yeah. formerly dead. Yeah. yeah. Not fucking cool, Helen. Whatever your name is. You made your choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the Love Actually moment. She runs out, kisses her husband's best friend. Thanks yeah, for right. bringing me postcards. Right. <laughs> hey, number, any guesses on my number one? I actually really like my number well, one. Well, okay, let me let me do the gray. Can I do my gray pitch? Of course you can. Of course you can. We're not going to talk about 
Castaway, the more that we talk about the gray. So I watch the gray every New Year's Day. <gasps> done for like the last. See, this like is this is part years. of the coffee table book that needs to come yeah. out. <laughs> Love this. Um, yeah, this is this looks like everyone thought it was like Taken with Wolves because everybody's taken on it. Like it happened in like Dumpuary. You know, I think mm-hmm. it came out in like February or whatever. But it's like it is just like Dumpuary. man's quest for survival, and it's just like why you want to survive and like what it means to just like keep living and keep moving and it's just like it's so it's it's set up a little bit of like a video game like you have each level you know you have the crew and then like one of the crew kind of gets picked off for different reasons but it's just about like one foot in front of the other like just man's will i mean man and humanity like they're just will to survive a lot like you know the road it's just like we don't know what we're surviving for, but it's just like, I know that I want to be alive and I want to keep going. And then it's like the showdown with the wolf at the end, like live and die this day, like the score, the poem, cry every time, get the fuck out of here. That is absolutely my number one. I like it. Did you also pick the gray because Bradley Cooper was almost star, supposed to star in the lead role that Liam Neeson was in? Did you know this? What? Yes. No, I, did not I read this today. This. I read this today. Because you know why? I saw him, I was looking on IMDb and I was clicking through the photos and I just a bizarre habit that I like. I Once I look at all the photos, I have to like, once I started on the photos, I have to look at all the photos. doesn't matter if it's a 210, I'm like looking at all the photos. It's and a that, Your Honor, is exactly how it happened. Exactly, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and fucking Bradley Cooper was at that. I was like, why is Bradley Cooper, you know, at the red carpet for the gray? Well, it turns out he was almost supposed to be in the gray. Oh, that's wild. I wouldn't. I wouldn't redo it. Like, there's something about like I. I love you know where this is. Bradley Cooper, friend of the pod, mm-hmm. big coop heads over mm-hmm. here. Love Bradley Cooper. We actually but, did a, a, a mad degrees of separation between Cooper Cup and Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. We, we linked those two also, together. We need. I think we're a couple of years behind. We need to do. I think there's our... probably a couple of ladies in West Hollywood that could link them together pretty quickly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And that's why we have him on, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. You don't get that all the time. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I would do. She's like, mm, my mouth, one degree. Okay. <laughs> all right, we're returning to it. Right. We got, we got it was it. actually it was Helen Hunt. That was that's the separator. There you go. <laughs> Spit take. All right, what's your number? What's your number one? Oh, oh my number one. Guess, 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 guess. Yes. Well, me, can, uh, give me, give me the Rudy. Uh, give me the atmosphere. What are, are we, is it a spaceship? You know, is it a prison? Is it like what's uh, our, what is our? Foxhole? Is it is it a, is it a metaphorical foxhole, or are we uh, are we contained indoors? We're contained indoors, one hundred percent. Man trying to defend are you and give win. It away if you tell me, yeah, might defend his def- try to to save his wife. Action okay, so film, Action late eighties. I'm gonna go. Mother fucking die hard. Boom. Die oh hard. yeah, die hard. Oh I know. yeah, that's funny. I did have that on my concept and I forgot about that. Yep, that's that's a great that's a great example of Foxhole. Absolutely. Yep. This is this is I, I was sitting there thinking about this and I was like, oh, Die Hard is a yeah. fucking Foxhole movie. John McClain fucking hunkered in in the Nakatomi building or Nakatomi Plaza, fucking Christmas party, Hans yep. Gruber. Give it to me, baby. This I mean, is the no like. Is there anything more memorable memorable than like the no shoes? I remember watching this and it was just like what? Yes. Was, like it was just him like walk through that glass and not stop it. 
the movie feels like you're in it for like nine hours and like in a good way like you right. feel like you're going through like each stage with him and you feel his exhaustion you see that like that wife beater get kind of like sweat stained and blood stained and it's just like by the time like the final showdown you're just like you earned your way up to this final level like you're it's yep. it's fantastic when he gets the gun finally he's like now i have a machine gun ho 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 like it's yeah. fucking great and the banter between him and gruber like on that, I was like, "Oh, you think you're John? You know, like John Wayne and all. You know, it's it's fucking great. Like it's a, yeah, I love like the her, yeah. yeah the cat and mouse between the two of them. Oh, that, that's that's a really that's a really strong answer. Also fun. It's a Christmas movie too. Yes, yes. and it's a buddy and it's a buddy and it's a buddy movie. Like that. I think Brandon, you bring up a great thing about the. Uh, you know, I know you're arguing for your your opponent here, but uh, about the like the wife beater just. just great term that we just still haven't like quite turned our spotlight <laughs> no, no, on right yeah, I think it's called the, uh, spousal the, abuse yeah. t-shirt the, the, the domestic abuse shirt yeah, yeah. like oh, fucking horrible uh so but yeah his wife peter goes from uh, like a like a pristine white and just the like the presence of mind for everybody that day on set to be like all right where is he in this yeah in this moment and it's also pretty fucking cool to be like we don't have to have flashy sets or an exotic location. It's a yeah. building. It's a yep. service elevator. It's a stairwell. What can we do with this? Like this is, uh, so Cheech Rodriguez, the golfer um, who used to be he, like, he started his career as like a caddy and he would hustle guys on the golf course. And they asked him at the, at the, uh, like, I think it was the masters that he, they were like, you know, is there a lot of pressure? It's like your first, like big, uh, your, your first big like golf championship. And he's like, this isn't pressure pressure is playing golf for 200 bucks when you've got 10 bucks in your pocket right and like that to me is like a quintessential understanding of like what drama is like you don't it doesn't have to be you don't have to owe the the gangster a hundred thousand dollars you just have to owe him more money than you can get right. it's like what is hard for what is hard for john mcclain walking across some fucking glass with bare feet like do that yeah, yeah. that's yeah. actually Yep. Yeah, I love yeah. it because because it gives you like, and I don't feel like, and we'll sum it up. But now it doesn't, you know, the movies now, like the action movies, don't have the confidence to let you just catch your breath. And I love that, like when he's on the cell phone, and he's in the bathroom, like picking the glass out, and we're just catching our breath. Like we're we're bought in, we care about him, like we're on the journey. Like it's great. How do you judge him? Uh, I'm I just mean, gonna say uh, that Die Hard's a piece of shit. Gray's great. How do you judge? <laughs> did I give? Did I give? Most awesome, the point for alive, or did I give that to you? He gave it, I to, gave Brand, it to you. Brand, uh, yeah. I gave it for yeah. me. Yeah, I got Tango and Cash. Yeah, Tango and Cash. Because I, I think I fundamentally disagree with the idea of the great outdoors being a foxhole, unless you are trapped like in a tree on, you know, on the top of a mountain. Like that's more man versus nature as opposed to like that, that kind of like pressure cooker situation. So I'm going to have to go die hard. Uh, that, that's two to one. Victory, most awesome. But I promise you, I'll watch the gray in the next two weeks. And I'll promise I'll watch promise? Sunrise or Sunset, whatever the fuck you that movie is. You guys both promise? I'll hold you to that. Yeah. All right. You watch. You watch before Sunrise. Before Sunrise. I'll watch before Sunset. Together. We'll tell Brandon to go fuck himself. You can watch Alive. We'll mash up all Ethan Hawks all together. I thought oh. you said you were alive, Spider. i
fame. She likes glamour, runway, style, fame. She likes fashion.